What's up, guys? Uh, today we're here with uh, with Hannes. Uh, he is uh, he develops technology that's uh, you know related to calming your mind. He's he he knows a lot about breathing techniques, and he's also an artist. Uh, he's he's had exhibitions in uh, multiple galleries for what the past fifteen years or so, uh, which is which is really exciting. Right. Yeah, yeah, I I really appreciate uh, people with multiple dimensions. But anyways, how, how's it going, Hannes? Yeah, happy New Year. Um, very good. Thank you so much for having me. Happy New Year to you too. So for uh, for those who don't know, uh, you know, do you mind introducing yourself, telling us what you do? Oh yeah. Um, hi, I'm Hannes Bent. I'm originally from Norway and Germany, and living in New York, New Jersey area right now for almost ten years. Um, I'm uh, I'm the founder of Breathing.ai, which is a digital health startup where we're integrating. <sighs> breathing awareness and uh, mindfulness exercises into everyday lifestyles. So, um, but that came out of years of neuroscientific research. I've done like science, art collaboration. We have a patent on this. And um, I'm a meditation guide on the side for many, many years um, to toddlers in schools, to elderly people all ages. So um, been very like uh, much learning from everybody what helps humans to, to feel better, to be more relaxed. And uh, personally, I got into all of this because I had a burst trauma and multiple palsy. So I had decades of anxiety and depression, even as a successful artist, how, this is how I started um, with museum shows. And so I was still um, not very happy and suffering from anxiety and depression. I think sometimes it's not so visible on the outside, how we're feeling inside. So that's why I got really into like, you know, mindfulness, like looking in the inside and, and um, you know, and seeing how we can integrate that more more easily in every day in, into people's lifestyles. That's what we're, what we're working on right now. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Interesting, man. I have, I have so many questions for you. Uh, I don't even know where to start, but it's, uh, it's very interesting because two days ago I was listening to a, a video from Andrew Huberman. So he's a neuroscientist and a professor at Stanford University. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of him. Mm -hmm. And he had a podcast with Joe Rogan and he had a podcast with Rich Roll. I enjoyed both of them. And I was always curious to understand, you know, uh, what is it that is different uh, from, I mean, what is it that's unique about breathing and about breathing techniques that no other technique can really provide in that, you know, uh, live fashion. The, the feedback that you get is very quick. It seems like you know, you, you're anxious, you're, let's say, hyperventilating, you're feeling uh, a little down or something, and you use these techniques and it, you know, sparks it back up. Can you, can you tell, tell me about that? Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful question. Uh, so good. Um, haven't even thought about it myself, so let me think. <laughs> so really, like, because like, it, is, it is true. Like, you know, you, I tried so many different techniques and why breathing? I feel, I feel it is, it's because it's such a wholesome thing, right? Like if I think about now, it's like you, if you do it with your whole awareness, if you start breathing techniques, so you, you're not doing anything else, or you, do, or you can do something else too, but you're in the moment, if I would do like the deep inhale, you know, obviously I'm aware that we're talking, but I, I have to bring my awareness to my body. And even if I would have thought of like, oh, this was stressful, then I will bring it to my breathing now. And then I feel like what I love to do is like a letting go exhale. So then we can not only like let go of stress literally in our body, but also like we can also combine it with, you know, uh, kind of like when thoughts are coming up that are negative or so, like we're just like letting go exhale. Mm -hmm. 
and then uh, as you said on the physiological part a sigh for instance just a simple <sighs> creates twice as much air flowing into our body so i feel what, what you are asking it's like nothing else can really do that i think so simply like i've done years of vipassana meditation where you do like bring awareness to your body relaxation techniques um yoga but i feel like just a simple letting go exhale like creates literally twice as much and that's why we feel also very lightheaded and dizzy when we do that a few breaths only um and it has such a profound effect on the body so and also i think it's it's easier i it's easier also to communicate because meditation mindfulness oftentimes have a certain like you know it's sometimes people are intimidated by that oh you're not supposed to think of something and then you know and it's really hard to not think of anything you know even like after like what almost 10 years of like intense meditation yoga i feel like you know, sit down and stuff just comes up so if, if i do breathing then i can i just focus on my breathing and i know i'm changing my blood chemistry for the better and i'm probably gonna feel you know at least more lightheaded when i get out of it and but probably more relaxed and um invigorated at the same time interesting and you said that this uh, started out of a personal challenge, right? You said that you were dealing with anxiety or, or maybe you still are. So has it, has it helped? Has it been helpful towards, uh, you know, solving that? Yeah. Yeah, no, really also a very good question. Um, I mean, nothing has helped as much as breathing techniques. So I, I live a very happy and healthy life right now. I haven't gotten sick in five years. Oh, wow. And but I, I was still getting sick um, when I was doing intense yoga and vipassana, and it was only really until I discovered like Jitumo Tibetan meditation and the Wim Hof method where I learned like oh you know with like cold immersion with like being aware of my breathing more, um, I cannot, you know I can really literally live a healthier life and be more in kind of like you know guidance of my nervous system. I can also like sense you know when I'm when I need rest and when my body's fatigued, when I need the deeper inhales to, to uh, nourish my, um, you know, kind of like my whole blood circulation mm -hmm. with more oxygen. So, so that was really like about five years ago and I, I just feel the, the effects. And I mean, it, I had um, some burst trauma, so I didn't get enough, you know, uh, like the umbilical cord was around my neck and there was like a lot of problems there. And then I was supposed to end up in a wheelchair. So there was, um, I did a, they did a very tortuous physiotherapy with me the first year of my life. My parents, luckily, you know, so I was able to walk, but also that was very traumatizing for me and my parents. And so I believe a lot of, you know, the, the stress we're experiencing, a lot of the trauma we've experienced in the past is kind of embodied on a subconscious level. And it's really tricky to access that, you know, and sometimes people have the time to, to do therapy and, and test out different techniques, but it's not so easy. You know, it's also a little bit intimidating to talk about what we experienced in the past. So I think like very embodied relaxation, meditation techniques, and especially breathing techniques can have a very, um, very profound impact on people's life and well-being ahead on mine. And I've seen that with like thousands of people I guided oftentimes, you know, um, and just something as simple as a deep inhale and letting go exhale, it's just like always accessible to let go of stuff. And then, you know, it could be also like an introduction to other meditation techniques. And um, yeah, so I think it's, it's been very healing for me in a way, you know, obviously there's always so much work to do on oneself and, and you know, on, on my life and, and everything. Um, but I, I would, you know, just, I would not give up the breathing technique for, for, for anything, you know, so uh, the breathing one is so, I remember it brings me, there's one story, uh, a friend of mine, he's a meditation teacher too, and he's also a CEO of a company. 
from Toronto. He moved back to Toronto. He was in New York um, and then moved back during the pandemic. I helped him in April. And uh, but he 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 guided the meditation at his place here in New York. And last time I think I was there. This is a long time ago, almost now. But he said, you know, Hannes, just bring awareness to your breathing. And I said, I can't do that anymore. And it was weird because I was sitting there. We were supposed to bring awareness to a breathing and I couldn't. Or he said, like, just observe your breathing. He didn't say bring awareness to your breathing. He said, observe your breathing. And I said, like, yeah, I, I can't just observe my breathing because I'm always guiding my breathing, especially when I'm very aware of it. So I don't know if it's so understandable because I feel like with all the years of breathing techniques, I'm like, I really enjoy just being aware of my breathing, like being aware of it and guiding it. So when somebody says like, observe it, it feels like I would disconnect from it, you know? So if you say like, just observe your breathing and then I'll be like, wait, I would have to, you know, cause it's like right now I'm aware of my breathing while, we're t while I'm talking. And, and, and so if I would observe it, it would feel like I would have to, you know, detach from my breathing yeah. awareness. And maybe it comes with practice, but I found that interesting. And I, I think that's, so I feel, that's maybe what also led to more happiness, just connecting with breathing. And so it's a, it's kind of sometimes hard to explain, but um, I couldn't really follow what he, I couldn't do anymore what he said, even though that's like a very integral part of Vipassana and other techniques, just to observe your breathing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I haven't asked Wim, you know, um, Wim Hof, like how, how it is for him just to observe the breathing because he's also a very active breather. Um, but, you know, I'm sure like for a lot of people who've done breath work for many years, it's the same, you know, you don't, you stop observing your breathing, but you are your breathing in a way as well. You just, you're very actively, you know, always with every inhale, you slow your breathing pace down. So the average breathing is about 15 to 18 inhales per minute. So with, with breathing techniques, you can actually calm it down to about like five to 10 or even less per minute. So instead of breathing, you know, through here, oh, let me show, get a bit higher. So oftentimes like, you know, people breathe through here, but if you like actually train yourself with breathing techniques, you can, you know, expand your belly more. So instead of breathing from the chest, you breathe more yes. from the diaphragm. Yes, exactly. So like this is actually like almost the most important. The, some people say it's the most, you know, crucial and important muscle of our of the human body. But it's very forgotten because it's like you know it's here, it's inside. We don't see it, but you know if we train it, you know we we expand our belly more. And then our chest. But that has been helpful like so much. And I feel like it's six pack is so much part of our culture, you know, tensing our body and like kind of like breathing shallow. So you basically kind of show that you're aligned with this, you know, like it's stressful life. But what if we just let go of like, you know, tension of our outer belly and train our breathing muscle from within? You know, and there we can live more more fully, I think. But we also like, you know, I, I walk around with a little bit of a bigger belly because I do belly breathing all the time and I don't have no shame <laughs> on that. You know, does, like, it, does, it actually, does it actually increase the size of your belly? I think so, yeah, because with every inhale, I'm kind of expanding it. And sometimes I hear comments, Hannes, why don't you, you know, stuck your belly in? And I was like, no, I enjoy like <laughs> having, you know, a, a balloon belly. So, so but I, I, you know, I'd rather have a balloon belly because I'm breathing so deeply and feel happy than, you know, tightening myself up and breathing through my chest only. Right. Um, so, so I remember, yeah, I remember a friend of mine, he's I like, a, I had a small question while you're talking about this. I just minimize this one and I want to open up a new tab just to ask you something before. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So you talk, I can about, talk about breathing forever. So interrupt me. <laughs> you, you talked about Wim Hof, right? And uh -huh. 
the other other breathing techniques and from my understanding you know in the past five to six years uh, awareness and breathing exercises and meditation became uh, extremely popular again and is on the map right and uh, myself and many other people have this question as to what really is the right way or technique to do it and there, there's a lot of different things right uh, i feel like what works for one person might not work for someone else but as someone who's you know studied this field and knows about it i wanted to know is there a specific method that's better than any other ones by far just the secret method <laughs> yeah, that was, was I did it. No, like I, I, I mean, like I, I obviously like it's like you know, it's like my own personal um, preference and my my maybe at certain point my belief because I haven't done like a study on it or so or, you know, like a large scale. But I do think the natural the the natural. Just the way the human body is built, that we have a diaphragmatic a muscle, you know, here, that that we like we're not really if we're breathing through our chest we're not really nourishing ourselves with every inhale and we're triggering the fight or flight mode of the of our nervous system so we you know our heart rate goes up more you know we're we're i think more prone to to disease and you know illnesses and anxiety because we are you know we're kind of like in more like stress mode which we don't have to because we you know right now we're not experiencing stress so just calming our breathing down and taking balloon belly inhales I think it's the most natural way to inhale, but it goes a little bit against, you know, society, like having a six pack tightening, you know, doing like this. So, so I, I think a balloon belly inhale is the natural way to breathe. And also if you think about it, so if we breathe through our belly, we also push our diaphragm down. So it's very, very good for digestion. Um, uh, so sleep, I sleep, I slept so much better since I started that. I, I have no problems falling asleep you slow down your breathing take a big balloon belly inhale and you do that you know let's say like 10 20 times you're most likely falling asleep at night and also um and we're also pushing the diaphragm down so it pushes on the digestion so it's so good for digestion um you know you get more oxygen in so i feel like a balloon belly inhale and then a letting go exhale so sometimes like a letting go exhale is very good but also like sometimes it feels like better to like you know take a really slow exhale so it, it's kind of like feeling it out experimenting with different you know like in the moment it's not like sometimes it might be better you know like to breathe like this i i haven't experienced it so sometimes when i do sport i even feel then you know my my basketball you know partner or like tennis partner so might feel exhausted but i after you know an hour an hour and a half i feel like oh this is usually when i used to do the gis and i get exhausted or when i'm running but now I'm just taking a deep inhale, you know, and I can go on and on. I, I'm like 40 years old. You know, I'm, I'm, four, I'm 40 years old now. I, I never get sore muscles anymore. I used to like when I was 30 and playing soccer all the time, I always had sore muscles. Like there's nothing anymore. So I feel like it really improves like the whole blood circulation. And uh, for regarding breathing techniques, I think I, I love the Wim Hof method, the way kind of Wim was guiding it to me i mean i've met them many times so but he always talking about the letting go axial sometimes when i see him or others guided online met wim hoff as well huh yeah 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 i'm friends with him and his family so i i brought him to new york for his first workshop here Mm. so i helped him organize it and then so so for those so for those who don't know 
and are listening in. Can you talk about, you know, Wim and his technique a little bit? Yeah, so, so Wim Hof is a, a Dutch person who basically, you know, w w lived, with, uh, lived a happy life for many decades, with, uh, but very anonymously in, in, a, in like little, you know, in small parts of Netherlands, small villages with his, you know, wonderful children and was spreading mindfulness techniques. So he was just like, his wife passed away and he learned, he, he got back into yoga and meditation more than he was before. And, you know, he was alone, he was a lone father with four kids, I think at that time in his maybe 30s or so, mid 30s. And so he got more into cold immersion, get yourself into like, you know, he went into a lake, chopped the ice in the winter and swam in that ice. And then he was training people on like breathing techniques, how to do the cold exposure. And um, he was doing that for decades, you know, and like, that's what people don't know when they know him now. What? Have you tried cold immersion as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like I, I work with him and and did like cold showers and like uh, ice baths and and train people in ice baths. So, but the the thing is like people don't know like now he's very famous. He works with Tony Robbins and Oprah Winfrey. But people don't know that he was doing that for decades, you know. And I met people who who work with him when he was very you know you know not famous at all. And he was just like doing it because he benefited from it himself. And so I met somebody who had like very severe rheumatoid arthritis. And he had to give up almost his metal shop and because he couldn't handle it anymore and like on heavy medication. And he did the cold exposure with Vim and cold rivers and breathing. And then he was able to cut down on the meditation, medication entirely almost and, you know, live a happy life. And I've done, yeah, like ice baths and cold showers and, and uh, breathing techniques. And yeah, so like that's a beautiful technique. Um, yeah, and there's, there's, uh, something, there's something about that technique. It's... Uh... You know, in the beginning, it seems very scary because, you know, myself, I try to expose myself to cold water maybe once a week or two times, two times a week. And it's always a mental challenge, you know, when, when you want to get under that cold water, it's, uh, it's it something. Is, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the trick is in a way to relax your body and it, and it feels counterintuitive because we're always told, like, put your jacket on when you go outside, you know, and do, do this. But that's why if you do like if you get hypothermia like that's the body does this and shakes because it, like you warm up your muscles that the muscles are warming up and creating warmth but actually we have we have kind of sort of like an inner fire so called but like a, a, the ability to thermoregulate we have forgotten about that because if you just imagine like humanity spread all over the planet you know to very cold parts and they didn't they didn't have like you know like a you know a very thick yeah, jacket they, they or something they you know, sometimes they had like yeah so i think it's like it was a natural ability we had as humans just to you know live with very little food with very little water access because we're like nomadic you know thermoregulate and we've forgotten about it so it's kind of like to to learn what society tells us not to do sometimes you know because if we go if you go outside in the cold and you're not shivering but you feel it's cold or you take go into culture and you're just trying to relax you know, and take a deep inhale and slow down your breathing or in your exhale too. And it usually will work that you, it's just a kind of like initial thing, as you said, you know, it's mentally challenging, but once you're in that cold shower and you relax or you're outside in, in a cold wind or so, once you relax, it feels counterintuitive, it, but then it really usually works. And, um, and then it's kind of, you know, and then it feels very like, you know, it, after a minute and a relax, minute and a half. Right? The key is to relax. That's... To relax, to slow down your breathing. Because like what happens if, I don't know, I, my hypothesis is, I haven't done a study on this, but 
there's like the adren adrenal glands on the kidney. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you, if you breathe deeply to your belly again, as earlier, then you kind of activate that adrenal glands on your kidney and it might be kind of like sort of what is called an inner fire, like a fire, it feels like a fireball inside of you. And if we breathe shallow here, we're not activating that adrenal glands on our kidneys. It's, just, it's, a, it's a hypothesis, you know, so, but that's mm -hmm. what I learned could be true. And because like the, the clinical studies on Wim Hof's, uh, Wim Hof's breathing technique, and they've shown that people like have an increase of adrenal um, activity and uh, change of pH levels and so. But, um, but yeah, so I oh, think that that's, so that's how he's able happen. to access his inner thermostat, like he always says. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, you know, I walked up like mountains with Wim. There's some uh, footage uh, like uh, in Poland. And, you know, he's like a very calm breather. You know, it's like, you know, like walking up the mountain when he's in shorts and stuff. And so, you know, it, it's kind of like keeping, keeping it cool, you know. And he always says like, easy does it. And um, it's like when our mind, you know, like that fear response, that kind of like, oh, no, I can't take it. When that happens, then we're already kind of like, a step closer to hypothermia but if we actually relax and calm ourselves down and breathe deeply slowly inhale so exhale usually it's fascinating i mean i i haven't sometimes i i, I you know right now i've done taking cold showers for so many years and i sometimes stop it because i have a really nice shower right now at my place and uh you know but then it's snowstorm what a week or two ago here really bad in new york area and I thought, okay, I haven't taken a cold shower in a while, but it's really snowstorm, blizzard outside. Is it working, you know? So I walked outside in a t-shirt and just to see if I still have that ability, you know, to do that inner fire immediately. And it worked, you know, like the, the snow, there's like a YouTube video and the snow was blowing on my channel, I think, you know, and it was really, for other people, it was very cold, you know, they couldn't, couldn't go outside with a t-shirt but it's just a training it's kind of like learning once you learn it you still feel that pain that initial pain a little bit going into cold shower but you know it is um it's like you know riding a bicycle you you learn it once and then you you know you can usually pick it up very easily so i highly recommend trying to learn it especially if people have anxiety or depression or you know struggle with low energy sometimes in the beginning if you learn that Wim Hof method technique or others you you, you your energy levels drop a little bit but there's a benefit to that. It's just so your body adapts to it. That happened to me in the beginning. But I, I would it's, recommend taking it. It's cold in Toronto right now. So, you know, after this call, I'm going to go out to the balcony and uh, see if I'll get nice. hypothermia or not. Nice, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I was just outside also in, in uh, w without a jacket here. It's like in, mm -hmm. uh, in the 40s or so. Um, but yeah, I would recommend if people are trying this Wim Hof breathing, if they're doing the breathing rounds, doing that in the warm. And then when you go outside, just trying to take a long exhale. If, if you're doing it inside, not doing like a forced exhale, so like a letting go exhale, that's what Vim also told me. But what I mentioned earlier is when I see people, Vim or others guiding it online, sometimes they do a forceful exhale, like, a, like kind of like pushing it out. What I found after like, you know, kind of my own recommendation in a way, because you asked me earlier what is my preferred one is like a letting go exhale. So a deep inhale and just letting go. Letting and that, go. That, inhale and then... That, Letting go forcefully, right? No, 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 not forcefully. Oh, That's not like, forcefully. Like, no, Vim, but sometimes Vim does it like you, you just kind of like, but I, I, I like to let go of that control, you know, like sometimes it's needed for us as humans to also let go. Mm -hmm. And, and there's nothing more beautiful to learn to let go than with just a simple exhale, you know, 
And uh, that's a very interesting fact. There's a study from UCLA. If uh, a simple sigh, a simple letting go exhale creates twice as much air flowing in, you know? So it is, um, without sighing, we would die, you know? So if we wouldn't sigh a few times a day, a few times an hour, we would literally, our, our lung wings would be clunky inside. So we really need to, and there's studies of people have anxiety, they sigh more, just a, so it's not a forceful exhale, it's really just like a, yeah, interesting that you say that. I was listening to Andrew Huberman as well, and he said when you sigh, you're really balancing the levels of oxygen and carbon monoxide in your lungs, which I found yeah. very fascinating. Yeah, twice as much air flowing in, just like a simple, you know, it's, it's fascinating because it like pops up because we have this 500 million alveoli, you know, it's literally like, you know, I don't know, I don't have anything round here, but it's, you know, 500 balls, like sort of like spheres in you know 500 million inside you or like between 400 to 700 million and they they get very clunky together you know because we're, we're breathing and then they get kind of stucky together so but if we take a letting go exhale they open up and they free themselves and then all that surface area of those spheres the alveoli in our lung wings opens up you know so um so it's kind of like geometry simple ge geometry in a way like you know like the, the geometry gets closer we don't get that much oxygen we're tight so that's why when somebody, you know, when we remember the times we were in offices and like somebody sighs next to us or in school, you were like, are you okay? Because we know if that person sighs like very heavily, they let go of a lot of stress, you know, a lot of tension in their body. It's, also. it's really crazy how much we don't know about our own bodies, like how unaware we are about the inner functions. I, mm -hmm. I'm very curious, Hannes, I, I wanted to know, so what are you, what are you doing right now with, uh, with the technological front of integrating, you know, this knowledge that you have with uh, with breathing AI, I think is what what you're working oh, yeah. on, right? Yeah, can you? Oh, thank you for asking that. Yeah, bit? yeah. So we, um, so I was always interested in like how to integrate like breathing awareness and mindfulness exercise into daily lives. You know, um, in New York, people were a lot on their phone, work, didn't have a lot of time to meditate on the side. So we, I didn't like the VR biofeedback project we developed, it was always a problem, you know, you have to do people like VR glasses or, or like, you know, like a sensor, like a, a watch or something or like a heart rate sensor. So we started to use the webcam and machine learning to detect breathing and heart rate patterns. So it's from a simple, you know, the video stream and machine learning, we could, uh, you know, if ours would be, our um, code would be, you know, like as an interface in, in that Zoom call right now or video call we have, then, you know, it could like analyze both of our um, heart rate or breathing patterns, you know, while, and it's just like from basically like the red pixelation, like the red pixelation on our skin, um, as well as like from, you know, movement of the shoulders and other things. Um, so it's, that's what we working on, um, on, and on stress detection side, but then our patented technology is learn how we can personalize the screen so you know we're all texting emailing and stuff and sometimes you know it's we don't you know sometimes it's we're more calm when like the background is a little bit grayish or a little bit bluish or you know or dark mode or so so we're doing a study with the nssr lab on here in new york and and other labs at cornell tech soon probably what you know to really show like the differences the personal differences we have you know it's like so for you for instance it might be like you know if you have like a gray background you know a, maybe you're calmer you know and maybe for me it might be like an orange background or you know so it's very different and that's what we're working on like how can we personalize the the screen designs the colors providing color filter 
We're also working on that on audio. So we got our patent granted in the US in last year. Oh no, 19 actually. Um, and uh, so we, uh, so we, yeah, and we wanna, uh, you know, work with other companies that do the same and kind of, um, you know, expand this technology for companies. You know, give it to companies as patent in a way that that are supporting well-being and then limiting, you know, the the misuse of this technology. Because as you can tell, it's very powerful. You know, to detect nervous system activity from the webcam and AI. And um, we're launching our first product probably end of this month. Um, we're a team of about 20 something. We're like, a few of us are like in and out um, because they, they have to do more full-time jobs sometimes. You know, not everybody's full-time on, on our team, but every, you know, very devoted team, like um, my co-founder and the whole, you know, team lead for UX, like backend and project managers. So it's like, you know, I'm very grateful for my team. Um, we have a wonderful company culture and it's really like, how can we integrate, you know, stress detection and then like deeper, you know, how can we stress detection into everyday technology and then through interfaces, how can we uh, provide, you know, a calmer technological interaction for each user, you know, so. That's, that's and then little break, little break reminders too. So, yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry, so we, I, I, I didn't mean to cut yeah, you. No, no, like our, our, first, our first product will be like a browser extension so you can integrate it. And then while you're working on your browser, writing emails, there would be, you know, different colors um uh color filters uh color adaption but we would also give different break reminders you know when we're detecting you get more stressed you know mm -hmm. it would say like hey why don't you take a deep breath or why don't you like stretch you know whatever somebody's favorite exercises are and you know because sometimes we forget you know we're like on the screen for hours and we don't remind ourselves to take breaks or taking a walk and so that's that's also what we're offering um aside from the the, the, so, so the end goal the end goal here or the ultimate goal is to provide a better relationship between the user and the technologies that they're interacting with, right? Exactly. And like make, make the user's nervous system kind of, you know, driving also how the, the technological experience is right now. So like right now, I think like we always have to adapt to like what is there and the design is static. You know, I mean, on a call, like, you know, you're moving, and, but if it's like a design or something, we can't really, we have to go to settings and change it. So our nervous system has to adapt to, it, you know, so we have to like our well-being has to, you know, is kind of like in a way manipulated because like this is static and we have to, you know, we're like, oh, I have to interact with this design. You know, sometimes um, we really, I have a hard time going into my emails because like, oh, it's in this static design, you know, like this, you know, black on white colors. So what if our nervous system can tell the technology the you know the technological detect device like might be a laptop or a phone and be like hey i prefer this type of color this type of contrast this type of brightness and then the, the device would say like okay i'll do that you know so you feel calmer you know and then the device can and then also we can select hey i like you know stretching exercises or deep breathing exercise and then the device would say, you know, our interface would know like, oh, okay, this is what you like. We're going to offer it to, you know, like, you know, every 20 minutes or something and remind you, you know, so. That's really interesting. That's, that's really interesting. I mean, the very fact that this is something that's, that you're able to customize for every single person based on their emotions and genetic disposition and their mood and feelings, that's, that's something big, really. And obviously, like you said, you know, it is a double-edged sword in the sense that, you know, biotech is growing more and more. Now the question is, mm -hmm. how are we going to use the data? How are we going to ensure privacy and ensure people feel comfortable actually mm -hmm. interacting with these as well? 
-hmm. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question that 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 came up even more. I feel before the pandemic because like the industry sped up five years. So before the pandemic, you know, it was always an argument like who needs stress detection? You can just walk around the office, or, you know, take a little break. And uh, webcam was really like uncomfortable for people to turn on. So, you know, I think with the pandemic right now, people are, you know, using the webcam all the time and they have m way more screen hours usually on average. So I think people are more comfortable using the webcam and uh, they know there's a need for stress detection and maybe break reminders and so. So um, obviously, you know, it is kind of like, which company do you trust? You know, which product do you trust? What What is the company's values and how they're monetizing it? You know, if you if big tech companies as they are right now, would offer a similar product to ours, I'm sure they would, you know, they can run out something faster. I mean, first of all, we have a patent, but second, but then they they could run and they would sell our nervous system data, you know? So it is, they would like monetize on that, of course. Yeah, there's that and trust then, piece, right? They're less trusted, yeah. just based on what they've been doing. Let's say Facebook with uh, the Cambridge Analytica or other, exactly. other companies doing that, right? Exactly, yeah. So, so it is, um, so, you know, like they, it's just their business model, you know, they're set up to maximum profit to, to, you know, give us something for free or for very little money and then to, you know, use our personal data for their maximum profit, you know, and we are a company that's not doing that. And, you know, we're giving you, you know, very clear about how it, you know, how our technology works and, you know, what's happening with the data that it runs locally or if it's been shared to improve our models to provide a better experience, you know, and we're always there to, you know, be, to be hold accountable. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to, to make sure that it's around the user's well-being and, you know, and not like it's, a, you know, it's, it's people over profit, you know, that that's really important, I think. Yeah, I know, for sure. And I, I would, by the way, love to use your, uh, your product, see how it is. Oh, cool. Yeah. You we know? can make you a better tester too. Be a lab, lab rat. Be the lab rat for the product. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can give you a better tester. That's going, yeah, coming see, up. I just got off the call with the team. By the way, I wanted to also ask you, because you're in this industry and you might not know the answer to this. I'm just putting you on the spot, but I wanted to know what you think this industry is going to look like maybe 10 years from now, uh, ideally, if we take the right steps moving forward. Yeah, well, hopefully there's going to be, um, you know, like good initiatives from the side of the companies as well as from like, you know, some like oversight is I think needed because it's biological data and it's very, very sensitive. So hopefully, you know, like companies that are focused on well-being are going to be striving. Um, and it's not the companies that are trying to, you know, sell this out for maximum profit. So, you know, so I think it could lead really to, to, you know, people feeling personally better and like, you know, society as a whole, just being more calm. Cause I think if individuals stress levels are calming down, then, you know, the collective stress levels go down too. So I see like the digital health industry is thriving right now. Um, and it's going to be more flourishing. There are certain problems with hardwares. You know, if you like use like another watch or like some device you have to put on your body, that's that's a certain discomfort. And I think like any kind, anything that is XR kind of hardware, it's, you know, there's a temporary hype for that, but it will go away. And I think the future will always be, you know, like whatever, you know, cameras, additional cameras. I mean, we are, we're experimenting with like other devices too that could soon be integrated, could be integrated in smartphones and, you know, talking with, with like some smartphone providers and, and tech companies, how we can, you know, improve that. And I, I think there's a huge potential for that. And um, I think what, what social media was the last 10 years or so would probably be digital health. Um, 
product and the digital health industry in the next 10 years, hopefully. I certainly hope so, because, you know, social media has been so detrimental to society. We kind of need to take a step back and reverse this, these effects that it had anxiety and depression and, you know, all of these different problems that people are facing psychologically and emotionally. So hopefully these things will be able to reverse the impact that social media had. Yeah, and I, I do think also, you know, like a lot of things are not known what could improve our lives because they're for free or they haven't been touched on. You know, like if you talk about mindfulness techniques, you know, Vim shares a lot for free online, you know, and there's not a big pharma industry. Not like, you know, some, some medications are good, of course, but you know, there's also sometimes a lot of money being put into that to develop something and then for marketing. So um, people know more about, you know, certain pills to help them because it's just more in, in the news, in the marketing, in the, in the advertisement. And the, but there, there is, as you said, you know, we, there's also, you know, similar as there's like products to help us with headaches, like pills, there's also, you know, huge techniques to help us like to not, you know, get, uh, you know, that easily anxious or, you know, or a flu or something when we just breathe better and stuff and uh, i've experienced that personally and i do think you know that's um that's something that could be that's underutilized and but you know it, as soon as companies figure out like how to kind of you know in you know support the well-being of the user the users are paying for their own you know for having that and it's like a win-win-win instead of like a win and then you know somebody loses in a way by having their personal data sold out so as making it a win-win-win and then you know everybody everybody's happy and and that's that's how i kind of how i see it and um, yeah, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up that tab that we closed about 30 minutes ago. I wanted to uh, really quickly for the people listening as well, uh, ask you, when we face social anxiety or when we face some sort of a emotional or psychological barrier, when we want to move forward, uh, do you have any uh, tips for how we can overcome that? Because there are a lot of people really dealing with anxiety and especially social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I, I might sound a little bit repetitive, because, but I really, you know, for me, it works always, you know, it's kind of like have that breathing awareness, you know, deep breathing, breathing and letting go, exhale, relaxing the body, you know, I, I feel like oftentimes I'm holding a lot of tension when I think about, you know, stuff that is uncomfortable. And I just notice that just sometimes just lying down and noticing, you know, like, oh, I can always relax my shoulders more than, you know, I did before, even now I'm noticing, you know, I can always I feel like I can always drop my shoulders more than I like, and you know, like facial tension and just like lying down, you know, scanning the whole body from, you know, toes to crown of our head and relaxing it. And then, you know, think really like embracing every inhale and, you know, taking, letting go exhale. We're by ourselves, you know, you know, listening to the sound also like a, a, a thing, I like to, you know, if you close your eyes and you just listen to the sound of your breath, it almost sounds like waves, you know, and then, you know, just really bringing the awareness to ourselves and like the beauty of our own, you know, mind body. And because I think a lot of social anxiety and, and stress, you know, we're focusing on the outer things, you know, on like the news or whatever, and which things we can't really control or, you know, we can't change yeah. in, in that moment. So, you know, obviously, I, you know, I struggle with that too, you know, like I'm not happy about a lot of things, you know, in, interpersonally sometimes or, you know, in the news. So, but what I can do is just, like, you know, do this and be like, you know, I'll let, I'll, I'll try to let that go and like breathing, let, deep inhale, letting go exhale definitely helps me in that process. Interesting. Well, these are, these are good tips. I'm, I'm going to 
I'm going to put these into practice and uh, give you updates on, on how I Nice, feel. yes. Give you updates. It's, sometimes it sounds too simple to be true, you know, but it does, but it's a simple value. thing. It's a simple thing, yeah. It's a simple thing. I, I want to say, you know, it's, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, Hannes. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys heard it from Hannes first. He's, he's been practicing this for years, so definitely, you know, uh, put these into practice and, uh, you know, let us know what your results are yeah. as well. But if, if I can, if I can say one thing, like so, my, um, you know, obviously, like I'm, I'm a fan of science and whatever they developed to help with the pandemic and you know all the guidelines and stuff. But I do think if people want to learn something that can help them, like my sister had really bad symptoms with, with the virus at home. She's a single mom, younger actually than me, and you know it got worse and worse and worse. And we tried like deep inhales, letting go exhales, and relaxing, and she got gradually better. And then friends of mine in Uganda, she also her mom had it and her cousin stuff. They did that too. So, but my sister was sitting down and just doing this for half an hour. She was like sitting there, deep inhales, letting go exhales. Because the problem is with the virus is that, um, or one of the problems, I wrote a Medium article, it's like in May, April or May or so, uh, uh, 2020, so mm -hmm. a Medium. So, um, you know, the problem is that you, like the breathing gets shorter and there's muscle aches and stuff. So there's not a lot of oxygen coming into the blood flow. And just with simple belly inhales and letting go exhales my sister was within you know a few minutes able to feel much better and she really got gradually got better and like the other people too and i haven't tested it on more than you know like was like a handful of people now or so um but if somebody has symptoms and you know and it's get they don't have any therapeutics or vaccines or anything available and they're a little bit helpless what to do you know just trying deep inhales letting go exhale and if you do that for half an hour just consistently just sitting there deep inhales letting go exhales um help my sister a lot and um you know i i would do if i i haven't gotten the virus yet but you know, as soon as i would be positive and feel some symptoms um you know i would also try that myself yeah man people are always trying to make uh, things complicated come up with complicated solutions when we have our own bodies that we can regulate and uh, heal ourselves you know mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. Well, Hannes, thank you very much for, you know, hopping on. And uh, it was really a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, you too. Yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, we'll be in touch. I'm going to give yes. you some updates on, uh, on how I found, found, found it. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you everybody. Stay, stay safe and healthy.